Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. If you'll please stand with us. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing, but not. Alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious name, you called my name and I ran out of the grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious name. Now your freedom is all that I know. The old made new, Jesus, when I met you, you called my name. Can y'all clap? I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. With chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. But you called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now you love me. Darkness 
Costal on that first song. Some of you probably hadn't clapped in years and you got a little excited about it. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us. Uh, if this is your first time, thank you for being here. We're delighted uh, to have you inside. Uh, the bulletin is a place for you to fill out a little bit of information about yourself. You can tear off that tab and there's a box out there uh, in the foyer. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, if you would just drop that in there, uh, it helps me get to know you better. I'm not the best with names, um, and so that would be a, a huge help, and so we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, several announcements that I want to go over uh, this morning before we recognize our kids who are moving up into a new class. Uh, <clears throat> number one uh, is at the end of the service, we're going to be uh, taking the Lord's Supper together. Hopefully, every single one of you got one of these when you came in, but if you did not, um, Mr. Dennis is over here with the basket. If you'll just raise your hand, he'll make sure that you get one, and we'll see uh, how we did. But hopefully you got one. Um, and if you notice somebody else maybe slip in late, uh, if you'll maybe help make sure that they, they get that. We don't want anybody to be uh, left out this morning. All right, several announcements, important announcements. So make sure you're listening as well as reading your bulletin. So Northside's Got Talent, August 8th. If you're interested in that, a talent, uh, singing, drama, whatever it may be, be here tonight at 5.30. They're going to have a, an information meeting uh, on that, so come at 5.30. 6 o'clock tonight, we want you to join us for our International Food Fellowship. I've heard several people say this is one of the most exciting things that, that we do, that you love it. So um, there's some information in the bulletin as to what you are to, to bring. I'm going to ask you to bring like a little placard, a little card or something with your dish letting us know what it's called, and where it's from. Because there are some really picky eaters like myself that we would like to know that information <laughs> before we put it on our plate. Uh, and then also, uh, if you're willing, we would encourage you to share some information about that particular country. There's a couple uh, websites that you can go to this afternoon if you haven't already done it, uh, just about the country, how many Christians are there, is it a Christian nation, what, what do they worship, the religion, just so we can have an idea how to pray. Our senior friends are going to meet this Tuesday, June 8th at 11 a.m. I encourage you to come. There should be a sign-up sheet out there in the foyer. It's always been a really good time. And then also, many of you noticed uh, when you came into the foyer, uh, there was a couple ladies out there, Miss Pat and, and Miss Debbie, that on June 26th from 9 to 12, uh, we're going to do another a day where you can come and we're going to make library bags in preparation for the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. So if that's something you're interested in on your way out, they'll be out there again. Stop by and see them. If you say, hey, I can't come on that Saturday morning, but I can uh, donate to it, uh, either cash or you can bring gift cards for Joanne's Fabric. And so we're going we're gonna to be putting that together. And every shoe box that we fill um, in October is, is going to go with those library bags in it. So it's a great ministry. I know a lot of you ladies, and maybe some of you men, enjoy sewing and doing that. You're welcome to come join us on that Saturday morning. Well, today was the first day 
for some of our kids as they got promoted and they got to move up into a new class. And so we want to recognize those kids uh, this morning. And so um, I know some of them aren't here, but if you are here, if you just want to kind of stand up, you may have to stand and wave your arms, depending on how tall you are, so we can see you. Um, so going from our nursery into our toddler nursery uh, is Caleb Caldwell, Asher Masden, and Anna Grace Stedham. I don't think any of them are in here, but let's give, let's give a hand for the, for the littles. So, and it, it is amazing to see how much they have already grown uh, in, in the 18 months, I think, that I've been here. So, all right, going from toddlers into the next class up, which consists of three years pre-K and kindergarten, uh, they're all into one. We have five. Lauren Caldwell. Lauren's in here. Yeah, Lauren's here. Woo-hoo! Uh, Oakley uh, Gillett, I don't believe she is here. And then we have the triplets, and I know they're traveling uh, this weekend. Hattie Thompson, Margaret Thompson, and Wyatt Thompson. So let's give all of them a big round of applause. All right, this one's exciting, and I think Tim Potter will agree. Going from kindergarten, (laughs) there he is, going from kindergarten into the first and second grade class and Tim, for the past year, has had all girls. He finally gets a boy, Ben McMichael. He, <laughs> so uh, you'll have a lot of fun right there, Ben. All right. So going from first and second grade to the third, fourth, and fifth grade class. Now, this person is not here, but I got a text message from her dad that said, we're traveling. She is watching online in the car. So we're going to give her a huge shout-out. So going into the third, fourth, and fifth grade class is Sadie Stedham. So give Sadie a shout-out. Hey, Sadie. I knew knew Sadie was watching. All right, so um, going into our fifth grade class, but we're we're making a little bit of a change. So we did have a third and fourth grade class, and then we had a fifth grade class. So starting this morning, those classes are now combined. So it's third, fourth, and fifth grade but we still want to recognize we have three people who would have been moving up, but, but get to hang out with Miss Robin and Miss Iva for one more year. Um, and so that's Kai Byers, Woo-hoo. Mary Beth Byers, wave, Woo-hoo. a little shy, that's all right. And I know this kid won't be shy, Eli Masden. There you go. All right. And then going from fifth grade into our youth group now, middle school, is C.J. Jordan. Give it up for C.J. Hunter Pugh. Give it up for Hunter. And then Catherine Whiting. Catherine, Miss Catherine. Welcome, Miss Catherine. She got to come hang out with the girls the other night at the house. And then, so, one last group to recognize is going from middle school into high school. Uh, so it's a big transition for them. Uh, we're just going alphabetical here. That's Landon Hornsby. And yes, he is as tall as me, if not taller. Several of you asked that yesterday. Uh, Grayson Ingram, where's Grayson at? Over there, Grayson. And then my best friend, Isabella Masden. You got to stand up, Izzy. Izzy, do not be sh- Izzy's going to be shy. Izzy's going to be shy. And then you guys know that we had uh, three 
two graduated from high school, uh, moving into college, and so we've recognized them and, and had a chance to love on them. So before we worship some more together, um, let me just mention uh, a little bit of a change for the summer, because this affects some of you, uh, related to Children's Church. So Children's Church is going to meet today, we're going to meet this morning, uh, you guys are going to be dismissed during the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And then starting next Sunday, uh, for the summer, we're going to take a break from Children's Church for a couple reasons. One um, is we got to kind of regroup and restructure because when COVID hit, we went from two classes to one and we moved to the other building. And now we're at the point where we can come back to this building, uh, we, we can be in a little tighter space, and we need to go back to two classes. And so what that means is we need more help. Did you hear me? We need more help. So if you've been praying and the Lord's been laying upon your heart, hey, it's time to start helping. It's time to start serving. And you've thought, man, where could I help? Where could I serve? Children's Church is an important ministry that we do here. And so we would love for you to help. You could be the main leader in one of the classes or you could just be a helper. You could just help serve and just be in there to love on the kids. The goal is that we have enough people that you don't have to serve more than once a month. You're still in here worshiping with us, but on the Sunday that you serve, you just miss the preaching. And thanks to technology, you can watch it when you get home. And so it's not even like you're missing the preaching. So if you're able and you say, look, I can't be the main teacher, but I would just love to help, love to love on these kids, get to know them. Will you see me or Miss Tracy? Tracy, just wave in case you know who Miss Tracy is. Tracy heads up our children's church, so she's back there. Now, I understand doing this at this time means that our kids who just for Sunday school moved out of the nursery and into our pre-K class, um, you might be thinking, well, what in the world are we going to do with them now uh, since we don't have children's church? So those kids, if you want, they're allowed to remain in the nursery for the summer during worship, and then when we resume children's church, we'll have two classes and we'll give you all that information. But if you're looking for a way to serve, and this is a way for you to plug in and get involved, and if you help with children's church, let me thank you for that. Um, I know it means a lot to, to them. Let me pray, and then we'll continue to worship together by singing Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Father, we thank you for this day. It is a good day to be in your house to worship you. You are worthy of all of our praise. Father, we thank you for each of these, uh, these kids, these young people that we were able to recognize today. Father, I'm so thankful for how our teachers pour into them, love them, teach them, encourage them, pray for them. And Father, I know part of them is sad to see them move up to that next class, and those teachers are excited to receive them. And Lord, I just pray for them. I pray you'll continue to raise up men and women who love the Lord Jesus. And Father, for these, for these kids and our students, Father, they're living in a day and age in which so many people not only don't believe in God, but are becoming more and more hostile to who God is and to the followers of Christ. Lord, help us. Help us to properly and rightly disciple them so that as they are raised and as they receive Jesus Christ, Paul says, they will continue to walk in him, that they will be rooted and built up. Father, help us to ground them in the word of God. May they be grounded in the word of God so they can be built up in Christ and in the kingdom of God. And may they be dedicated, far more so than I have been, than my generation 
the generations before us have been, to love you, Jesus, and to make sure every opportunity they get, they're telling somebody else about Jesus Christ. Because that's what a disciple does. He is discipled, and he goes and he makes disciples. And he tells others about Jesus Christ. Father, you're worthy of our praise. As we continue to sing, as we lift up this praise, Father, receive it for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand
my soul went astray from my heavenly way. I was wretched and vile as could be, but my Savior in love gave me peace from above.
reach down in and lift you right up, Myra Kills. Let's stand together now. copy of God's Word and open to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 14 through 23 this morning. And we stand in honor of the reading of God's Word, His authoritative an errant, inspired, sufficient word of God, and it is necessary for us. And this is the word of the Lord, beginning in verse 14 of Ruth chapter 2. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. And so she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. 
And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. You may be seated. So just a quick recap in case you have not been with us every week, or um, in case you're not familiar with the story of Ruth. It begins with Elimelech and Naomi, husband and wife. They have two sons, Malon and Kilion, and there is a famine in the land of Bethlehem. And so they leave Bethlehem to head to the fields of <coughs> excuse me, Moab. While they're there, their two sons marry uh, Moabite women. One marries a woman by the name of Orpah. The other one marries a woman by the name of Ruth. While in Moab, Elimelech dies, Malon and Kilion dies, and so you are left with the mother-in-law and her two daughter-in-laws. Continuing in chapter 1, they decide to go back to Bethlehem. They begin the journey. Orpah decides, hey, this isn't for me. She goes back home. Ruth pledges her allegiance to Naomi, her mother-in-law, and they continue on into Bethlehem. When they get to Bethlehem, we read that Naomi says, look, I'm bitter. Don't call me Naomi. I left Naomi. I left full. I come back empty. Call me Mara, right? She's bitter. She's angry, maybe depressed. She's struggling. They have no food, no way to uh, provide for themselves. When we come to chapter two, Ruth decides, hey, there's no husband here. It's just me. My mother-in-law can't go out into the fields, so I'm going to go out to the fields, try to find some food. But as I go out, I need someone to show me favor. She finds her way uh, to, the field, to the fields of Boaz. Um, Boaz is a God-fearing, generous man who is gracious to Ruth, provides food for her, and they have this discussion, this dialogue, and they continue to have this conversation as we pick up in Verse 14, I want you to notice three things this morning as we work through these verses. Number one, I want you to notice a gracious invitation. A gracious invitation. Verse 14, and at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread. Dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat, so she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. Boaz invites Ruth to eat a meal, and she ate until she was satisfied. And she had leftovers, like a doggy bag, right? She got to take some home to her mother-in-law. Then he says to her, listen, Ruth, and says to his people, let her glean even among the sheaves, right? He's saying to her, listen, you don't have to just go to the corners. You're, you're entitled to all of it. You're welcome to all of it. Make your way through. He's gracious to her. And then he says this. This is very important. He says, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. He says, don't rebuke her and don't reproach her. That word reproach means embarrass her or humiliate her. He says, don't humiliate her. Don't embarrass her. Block in his commentary writes, the narrator hereby shows how Boaz took an ordinary occasion and transformed it into a glorious demonstration of compassion, generosity, and acceptance. In short, the biblical understanding of chesed, of God's kind, covenant-keeping love that he pours out upon his people, Boaz, this God-fearing, generous man, is demonstrating this type of, of love to Ruth. Notice what he says to her. 
And at mealtime, verse 14, that probably was around noon. She'd been out there working for a long time, hot, tired. Boaz said to her, come here and eat. Come and eat. And he offers her bread, and she dips it in the, in the wine, right? And she, just this meal, this, 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 we know the importance of gathering at the table with people. That Boaz would invite Ruth, this gracious invitation, that he would invite her in. I want you to understand, this invitation crossed economic lines. Boaz is wealthy, Ruth is poor, but yet he crosses that line. This would have crossed social lines, social barriers, right? A male, a female, and it would have crossed that. And it also would have crossed cultural or racial or ethnic lines, him being an Israelite and her being a Moabite. And none of this stops Boaz from showing Ruth the kindness of God. What I want you to understand here is that Boaz is showing love to Ruth. And as we prepare in just a few minutes to eat the bread and drink of the cup, I want to make a connection to how Christ shows us this kind of love. What does Boaz say? Come and eat. And Ruth is invited in. We fast forward. Jesus Christ is in the upper room with his disciples. And he says to them, take and eat. Come and eat. Now who is at the table with Jesus? A bunch of common, ordinary folk. Not the kind of people we probably would have chose to be on our team. One of them was a tax collector. Tax collectors were despised. They had betrayed their own people to work for the Romans. They weren't loved. right? You have a guy at the table who's about to betray Jesus. You have a, another guy at the table who is about to deny Jesus. Another guy at the table who, in a couple days, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, is going to doubt that Jesus is raised. We know him as Doubting Thomas. right? So we have these, this group of a ragtag bunch of people sitting at the table with Jesus. And he says to them, take and eat. And he makes this gracious invitation to them. Now, listen, most of you have been in church a long time and when you hear sermons or you read through the scripture, you've read it, you've heard enough sermons, you've heard Ruth pre preached and taught who knows how many times. What I say today, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I've heard that before. Maybe there'll be something I say today, you're like, oh, I, I never noticed that before. But most often, you've heard it, you've read it, maybe you forgot it, you hear it again. But there are times that we hear something that maybe we've never heard before or never seen before, and we see a connection that we never noticed before. I remember a couple years ago, I was listening to a sermon, T4G, Together for the Gospel Conference, they put on every couple years, and a man by the name of Ligon Duncan was preaching, and he made a connection with Jesus saying, take and eat, that I have never seen before. It was powerful to me in the moment. And so rather than me quoting it, I thought I would show you the minute and a half video and maybe you'll find the connection as powerful as I did. So check this out. And on the Lord's day, when you come to the Lord's table for the Lord's Supper, I want you to hear some words that Jesus says to you. It's just so you'll know this. You come to the table and he says to you, here's what I want you to do. Take and eat. 
Whoa, what's going on there? The last time I heard those words, things didn't work out so well. She took and she ate. And Jesus says, watch this, Satan. Take and eat. This is my body given for you. So small a thing it seemed, taking that fruit. So hard in undoing. It took God sending his son into the world and to the cross before take and eat became verbs of salvation. And that is what enables you to love your neighbor. I've never seen that connection. And she took and she ate. And when Adam and Eve took and ate of that fruit, not only were they plunged into sin and separated from their creator, so would be every offspring of theirs. Every single one of us in this room has rebelled against God. We have sinned deliberately, intentionally, unintentionally. We have walked away from God. We took and we ate, and as a result, we were not invited. We were not worthy of being in the presence of God, but rather we were sent out of his presence. And then God the Father sends his son. And he gathers at this table with, with this ragtag bunch of, of men who didn't deserve to be there, who Jesus had poured into for three years, and he says to them, take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. In the moment they, they, they were thinking back of the Passover, and Jesus was adding new meaning to it, and they were probably confused. But just a couple days later, as Jesus is crucified and raised from the dead, it begins to make sense that when Jesus says, take and eat, this is an invitation of salvation. That he is dying upon a cross for their sins. That he is going to transform their lives. So Boaz extends this gracious invitation, crossing all of these barriers and these lines and God the Father sent his son to die on a cross for us. And the invitation to you this morning is simply to come and to give your life to Jesus Christ. To take and eat, to be saved, to know Jesus so that your sins can be forgiven. See, in a much greater way, God has shown us grace. Even more so than Boaz shows Ruth. So I want you to see this generous gracious invitation but then secondly i want you to notice a substantial change that takes place we begin and continue in verse 17 so she gleaned in the field this is ruth she gleaned in the field until evening then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley look if you're like me you have no idea what an ephah of barley is i had to look it up how to even say that like, I know nothing about the farming life or the harvesting life or the grain life. I don't know nothing about it. So my footnote tells me this. It's three-fifths of a bushel. That means nothing to me. It's 22 liters. That means nothing to me. If it's sports, I could tell you. I don't know what this means. And so continuing to look in commentaries, this is what I found. Anywhere from 25 to 50 pounds of grain. Okay, I can picture that now. Several weeks worth of food. 
Notice the change in Ruth's circumstances. She went out that morning in need of favor, empty, hungry, and she comes home not only full, but with leftovers. But not only enough grain for the next day, but enough for weeks. But not only that, she has a standing invitation from Boaz that you can keep coming back through the rest of the harvest season and keep getting more. Man, in one day, her, her circumstances change. And then we come to Naomi, verse 18. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law, that's Naomi, saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, now we know what's going on, but Naomi's sitting at home, probably worried about her daughter-in-law, no clue, and she's going to get filled in on, on the details. And she asked, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Notice that. She sees, right, she sees Ruth carrying his big old bag, and she begins to say, blessed be the man. Whoever this man is, blessed be him. Well, you found favor with him. But then she continues. And Naomi said to her, or no, we skipped a very important part there. Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. All right, so, right, the pieces are starting to come together. Naomi has no idea where Ruth has been. Ruth knows where she's been, but she has no idea who Boaz is. And so all the pieces are going to start to come together. And so she said, well, I was in the field of Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And then we'll read the next verse in a moment. Into chapter 1, what's Naomi say? Call me Mara. I'm bitter. I don't see any, any sense of her praising God or being thankful at the end of chapter 1. But then here comes Ruth with several weeks' worth of grain. And Naomi begins to say, blessed be this man. Whoever this man is, blessed be the man. And then she says, and may the Lord bless him. She begins to talk about the Lord and the Lord's blessing and she says whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead now that hebrew in the original grammatically it's a little vague it could refer to boaz right his kindness towards the living and the dead or it could refer to yahweh and his kindness towards the living and the dead maybe it's intentionally vague for a reason in that both of these boaz and god have shown kindness to the living and the dead Notice the change in Naomi from bitter to thankful, from mourning to rejoicing, from hopeless to hopeful. And then this is what she says. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Now we're going to talk a lot more about a kinsman redeemer and who he was and what his job was. But just for our sake this morning, a kinsman redeemer was a close relative who could come in and, and begin to meet the needs of the family. Now notice what Naomi says, one of our redeemers. He's not the only one, he's one of. And so we're going to see that's got to be resolved, and it'll be resolved in chapter 3 and chapter 4. He's one of our redeemers. And so when you come to the end of chapter 2, my, how things have changed. Ruth and Naomi now have hope. And that hope 
though it's ultimately in God, in this specific moment, it's centered on a man named Boaz. Now let's make the connection. Church, you and I have hope this morning. Our hope isn't in Boaz. Our hope is in another man, Christ Jesus the Lord. And I believe Boaz, as we study Boaz, he's pointing us to Jesus. Tony Meredith writes, as we look at Boaz, we also want to look through Boaz so that we may see our Savior. So what does Boaz do? Well, Boaz invites Ruth to eat with him. Jesus Christ this morning is inviting us to come, to sup with him. He invites us into a relationship with him. You'll notice from the text, Boaz actually served the roasted grain to Ruth. Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came that we might be saved and have eternal life. Boaz gives enough to satisfy Ruth and to give her leftovers. Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You say, wait a minute, I'm still hungry. I'm hungry right now. He wasn't talking about a physical hunger and a physical thirst. He's talking about much more than that spiritually. When you come to Christ, he will meet and satisfy every need you have. Church, Ruth was a foreigner, a widow. She was poor. She had nothing to offer Boaz, and yet Boaz loves her. Ruth had nothing to offer Boaz, and yet Boaz showed her mercy in a far, far greater way. We are sinners. We are rebels. We are outcasts. We are weak. We are nobodies. And yet God has loved us and has poured out his mercy on us. Hear me very, very clearly. God saved us, not because of who we were and not because we were worthy. I had nothing to offer God. God did not need me. He did not have to save me. All I deserve, all I will ever deserve is hell. But the scripture tells us, but God. Being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Jesus showered us with mercy. He showers us with grace. He showers us with his love. And he willingly gave up his life for us to redeem us and deliver us. So just a couple moments. I'm going to invite you to take and eat the bread and drink the cup. And as we do that, we do that remembering Christ and his sacrifice for us. But here's here's what I want you to be reminded of. When you eat and when you drink, you do not do this because you deserve it or because you are worthy or because God owes you something. You do it because he is a gracious God who has saved a wretch sinner like me. Don't ever lose the wonder in that. I had a chance yesterday to talk to a gentleman who just celebrated two birthdays this past week. He turned 92 years old. That's not what he wanted to talk to me about. He wanted to talk to me about the fact that it it was also, I think, 78 years ago that he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 78 years. I want to tell you something. As he talked about God's grace, saving him 78 years ago, he did it with tears in his eyes. Because he still remembers 78 years later It was God's grace that saved him and nothing that he did. He didn't deserve it. 
And maybe you've gotten to the point where you kind of got filled with, with pride and, and you begin to think, you know what? God owes me something. Like, I, I've done my part. I've done enough. No, you will never do enough. You are saved by God's grace and God's grace alone. And the only thing that will save you right now is the grace of God. It is not Jesus plus something. It is Jesus, period. That is all that can save you. And so there is this significant change that takes place in Ruth and Naomi's life through the generosity of Boaz, and there is a significant, substantial change that takes place in our life through the mercy and grace of Jesus. And I want to point out one more thing, and that is this. I want you to notice a wise response. This is interesting to me. Verse 21, And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. Like the news just keeps getting better. He said, I can keep coming back. Now listen to Naomi's advice. To me, this is the most obvious advice you could probably give, and it's kind of like, Duh, Naomi, did you really need to even say this? And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. No kidding, Naomi. Like, you, you really think you needed to tell me that? Like, church, it would be foolish for the next morning Ruth to wake up and say, you know what, Boaz, you were so good and so generous to me, but instead of coming to your field today, I think I'm going to go find somewhere else. You're crazy. And yet, this is what Naomi says to her. And I wondered this week, now look, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong. I'm fallible. I wonder if when Naomi says this, Naomi isn't saying this because she's afraid Ruth will go do it. But if it's more, Naomi is reflecting upon her past. Follow me. Again, I could be wrong. It would be foolish for Ruth to leave the fields of Boaz to go to another field. It was equally, if not more foolish, for Elimelech and Naomi to leave the promised land of God with the people of God to go into a pagan foreign land called Moab just because there was a famine. And so could this be Naomi thinking about her own mistakes saying, Ruth, don't do what Elimelech and I did. It would be foolish, and it was foolish for them. And then as I tried to think about wrapping up this sermon thinking about the grace and the mercy of God in our life, I thought how foolish it is of us who have been redeemed and saved by the grace of Jesus Christ for us then to think, Jesus, I don't need you anymore. I don't need to follow you anymore. I can figure this out on my own. It doesn't matter what your word says. Instead, I want to do what I want to do. How foolish it is to walk away from who Jesus said he is. Who did Jesus say that he is? Quickly. He said he's the bread of life. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. It's only Jesus who can satisfy and meet our longings. Yet, church, how many times have we walked away from the one who satisfies to go eat the bread of the world that will never satisfy us? Every one of us is guilty of that. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He's the light. He's rescued us out of darkness. Yet, how many times do we, living in the light, instead choose to walk right back into the very darkness that nearly destroyed our life. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who will love us and protect us and guide us and feed us. We're safe with the good shepherd. Yet how many of us have walked away from the good shepherd because we would rather be in the field over here? Understanding this shepherd over here doesn't really care about us like Jesus does. Over here, Satan just wants to steal, kill, and 
destroy. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Jesus said, listen, abide in me and abide in my word. Yet how many of us, if we're honest, right now, we're not really abiding in Jesus and we're not abiding in his word. Instead, we have abandoned it, chasing our own, pursuing our own dreams and desires. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is Jesus and Jesus alone who can give life. He has raised this dead man to life. Yet how many times we are so quick to return to the very things that brought that brokenness and death to begin with. It would be really easy for me just to say, man, Naomi, I hope you learned your lesson. But i got to point that finger at me to say, Aaron, have you learned? And so this morning, here's what I want to call you to do. We're going to sing in just a moment a song, Jesus Paid It All. And then I'm going to lead you as we take uh, Lord's Supper together. But here's what I want you to consider. While we sing, Jesus Paid It All, I want you to consider who Jesus is. I want you to consider what he has done. And I want you to consider what he says. And I want you to understand this morning that there is a gracious invitation that was extended to Boaz that changed her life. That was extended to Ruth from Boaz that changed her life. And this morning there is a generous, gracious invitation that Jesus extends to you to come and to receive life, to confess that he is Lord, to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I also want you to understand that when you come to Jesus, there is going to be a substantial, significant change that takes place in your life because that's what Jesus does. He changes you. And then I also want you this morning to commit or to confess that Jesus is enough. And that if you have walked away from Jesus, that you will confess that and repent that and return to Jesus. And if you're walking in Jesus, then by God's grace, you will continue to walk with him. Don't walk away from Jesus. But rather, as Paul says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up. Rooted, grounded, going deep in the word of God so you can be built up in your faith. Built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Jesus invites you this morning to take and eat and to remind you that these are words of salvation, that he alone saves. And if you have been saved, then walk in him and rejoice in him and let us live differently. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, we are about to declare the words, Jesus paid it all. Oh, Father, remind us right now that Jesus didn't pay some or little or most of it, and I've got to deal with the rest. No, he paid it all. Father, you paid it all. To tell us that I paid in full. God, if there's anyone here this morning who's wrestling with thinking, I've got to be good enough, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to add to the works of Christ, God, convict them right now that Jesus is enough, that you can save even them as you saved even me. Father, for the person who is tempted to walk away from you, Jesus, will you convict them right now? Just remind them of your grace. Remind them of your mercy. Remind them, God, of all that you have done in their life. Bring them back to you. The person who has already wandered away, bring them back to you, Father, this morning. And Lord, for those of us that maybe there hasn't been that substantial, significant change in our life, the one that should be, the one that needs to be. Maybe we're not being 
rooted and built up, then, O Spirit of God, before we drink, before we eat, the Word of God says, let a man examine himself. So, Father, may we, as we sing Jesus paid it all, may we use this as a moment to examine our hearts before we take and eat and drink. Father, speak to us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm here at the front. The altar is open. If you want to come and kneel and pray, prepare your hearts. Focus on Jesus. Consider who he is as we sing Jesus paid it all. being seated, let me just read from you a couple verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and then give you some instructions as to how we're going <clears throat> to take the Lord's Supper together. And so this is what, this is what the Word of God says as, as Paul is being led by the Spirit of God to write this. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me, I think, is very important. Because um, maybe you're visiting with us, or you're not a member here, and, and you say, well, can I take Lord's Supper or not with you? Um, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you have followed him in believer's baptism, then we want to invite you to take this with us. But listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then how can you remember something you have never personally experienced? And so I would just ask, if you are not a believer or you're uncertain if you are a believer, um, just to, to abstain as we eat and drink, because we are remembering Christ's death upon the cross. It says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then this verse is important. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as we eat and drink in just a moment, we're doing two things. We are remembering 
and then we are proclaiming that Christ is coming again. And that we will continue to do this until Christ comes. And so in just a second, Miss Ann is going to play just the piano for a minute or two. And while she's doing that, I need you to do two things. One, just to continue to be in a spirit of prayer, examining your heart. Secondly, just go ahead and open both sides of this. This should go without stating, but open the bread side first, <laughs> just in case. But um, that's what I would recommend. But go ahead and open both of them, because we're going to take them, the bread, followed right by the juice. So go ahead and have both of them ready while she's playing. Um, let, me, let me pray. She'll play. And then, then after that, we'll eat of this together at the same time. Father, again, we thank you for this gracious invitation. And we also thank you, Father, that you are sending Jesus to come for us again. Let this moment, as we remember and as we proclaim, Father, as we feast upon Christ and his promises, upon his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his return, Lord, may it just be edifying and comforting and strengthening to us. Humble us through this. May we confess our sinfulness. May we examine our heart. And may we just remember. And may we be renewed and restored through Christ, your work for us upon the cross. Examine our hearts, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. night Jesus first said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me next Jesus would have taken the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me
Father God, when we leave here in just a couple minutes, Lord, may we leave here going in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. May we leave here having been encouraged, having been challenged, convicted. May we leave here, Father, just seeking to show the kindness of God as Boaz showed it to Ruth, as Christ, you have shown it to us. May we go and show that to every person that we will encounter this week. May they see our love for Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have one announcement. Ms. Robin is going to come and make an announcement about our women's Bible study, some information about that uh, coming up on your way out. In just a couple minutes, there's a garbage can, so if you'll just take the Lord's Supper, you stand down there, coming up here. What do you want to do? Well, yeah, you're probably going to need a mic. Pastor Aaron was talking about being rooted and grounded in God's Word, and we have a great chance for our ladies this summer to uh, begin get back into Bible study. Uh, the study that we're going to be doing is called Truth Filled. It's based on the book of Colossians. Um, if you haven't read Colossians in a while, spend 15 minutes this afternoon. It's four chapters. won't take you long. It's incredible. It has to do with the supremacy of Christ. Um, what this study does, it gets you back into God's Word. It reminds you of the truths of who God is, what He's done, what His character is, and how to apply that to our lives. So it's a great Bible study. It's one that's uh, uh, being offered by Lifeway. What you can do, you can get the book in three different uh, places, either Lifeway or Amazon or Christian Book. Um, you, you can get the book. What you can do is go on Lifeway, and if you don't have an account with them, it's very easy to sign up for an account, register for the, uh, the, the study. They will provide the uh, videos that you can watch online for free. Um, again, it's seven weeks. Uh, it will start this Thursday with them putting the videos up, but you, you, you just they'll be up for, for several months past that. Um, for our ladies. So what we want to do, again, is to put this for you. Uh, ladies, get the book. You can go ahead and get started watching the videos yourself. Um, and what we will do as a church is we've got at least two meetings that we've planned on June 17th and the 24th. If you would like to sponsor one of those at your house, we'd love to have you uh, to do that. And you can just come if you can. If you can't, that's fine. Uh, but again, this is something especially that you uh, we're... Uh, suggesting to our ladies this is a personal time that you can get back into God's Word and help you remind you of his truths and how to apply it um, and just be in prayer for our ladies ministry we are cranking things back up again there's been a lot going on that we've not been able to do much lately miss Dana Cobb Miss Dana wave your hand <laughs> she's hiding back there Dana is has graciously agreed to be in charge of our ladies committee I'm gonna be her trusty sidekick so um, we're cranking our ladies ministry back up so be praying for our ladies ministry but also um, the reason I did this as last as I did is because I know this crew we're all last minute today is the day you need to go this afternoon get on wherever get the book sign up for it and get started next week thank you ladies very good hopefully you will take advantage of that don't forget tonight six o'clock our international food fellowship bring your dish be ready to share some information about that. <clears throat> just uh, personally, from just so you know what's going on, this week I'm going to be out of town. We leave Tuesday morning. We're going to be gone for about a week. 
Mr. David Masden is going to be preaching for me next week, so be in prayer for him. Uh, and then come hear what the Word of God is going to say next Sunday through him. And then we get back late Sunday night, next Sunday, and the following day, I'm going to camp. So, thank you, best friend. So, I will not be in the office much the next two weeks. So, if you need me, you can email me or call me. Um, certainly reach out to your deacon if there's a need that comes up because we want to make sure that is not neglected or uh, we, we lose sight of that. So, please let us know if there's a way that we can serve you in the next two weeks as we are out of town. Ryan and I celebrate our 20th anniversary on Wednesday. I still cannot believe. Thank you. I still can't believe she said uh, I do 20 years ago, so I don't take that for granted. Have a great day. Hopefully we'll see you tonight. Chris, you're the deacon of the week. If you'll come and close with a word of prayer, if you'll stand, we'll be dismissed with prayer. Let's pray. Devin, Father, thank you for something to be in your house, Lord. Thank you for the good word we got from the book of Ruth. I pray we take what you take what's in our heads and place it in our hearts. Thank you for this Lord's Supper to remember what you did on the cross for us, but we take that message out and proclaim it to the world and bring us back safe tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.